Hi, my name is Alexander Hastings, and welcome to my show, Diary of a Transman. For more information about the show, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Diary of a Transman. So, last week I mentioned that I was going to start doing some product reviews, and I got my official junior dop kit from Stealth Bros & Co. in the mail uh, this week. So I finally got to un- unbox it and take a look at it. First off, it came in this really nice little uh, black bag. Um, so A plus on the packaging. I opened up the, the kit itself, very soft on the inside, uh, plenty of places to store my syringes as well as little vials of testosterone, which is nice. Uh, little pouches for your uh, alcohol pads and band-aids and it's just the perfect size, about the about the size of my hand. Um, so you can store it in any kind of uh, backpack or uh, small duffel bag, really inconspicuous for, for your traveling adventures where you need to take your testosterone on the go. So if you want to take a look at this product in uh, in real life, go check out Stealth Bros & Co. on Instagram or on their website and uh, check out their products. They've got the Junior Dop, which is what I got, and they've got the, the Larger Dop uh, bags for not only your testosterone, but for your, you can put your shaving stuff in there, anything you really want. So check them out. So for anyone who has not been paying attention to the news lately, uh, and you might not know that the Supreme Court has allowed the Trump's military ban on transgender people to go forward. Now there's still a couple injunctions in place by different court systems, so we have to work through all of those and the Supreme Court decided not to do an immediate ruling on those. So really, we're looking at another year and a half, probably, before any of that gets resolved. But this does put a big black cloud over anyone who is currently serving in the military and anyone who wants to start to serve in the military including those who have you know, already started their enlistment process with recruiters. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. And, and it's, it's not fun. It's terrifying, really, to know that for me, I've been in for almost four years. I went to a military college my whole life. I wanted to be in the military. That's exactly what I achieved. And it could all disappear. I'm sure that's that's for a lot of people. It's the same thing. There are transgender people who have been in for almost 20 years. About to hit retirement. And then what happens to them if this ban goes through, if they're discharged before they reach retirement? Everything they've worked for is now gone. That's... It's hard enough already to start over in a new job once you retire at 20 years and get out of the military because for a lot of officers, that means you're about 42, 43 years old having to start at a new a new place. But now you've got the, the stigma that you were 
discharged from the military because you are transgender. That's not something that you can easily bring up at your, your next job interview. So for anyone who hasn't been listening to my previous episodes, you might not know too much about my military service. So I went to uh, VMI and I commissioned as an officer in the army. I'm a pilot and the the biggest holdup right now in my career after coming out as transgender has been my ability to continue to fly. There are a lot of medical stopgaps in place for anyone who is transgender and is a pilot or a crew chief. Now, the easiest part of that is getting a waiver for injectable medicine, uh, aka testosterone. Because there's a lot of guys in the military that already have waivers for testosterone as a hormone replacement therapy uh, because they're, they're getting older and their levels are going down. But from my experience in the army so far, the the problems I'm running into is the psychological evaluations. Just because I have a gender dysphoria diagnosis in my account that the military wanted me to have in there anyway in order to start transitioning. And this means I have to go through emotional and psychological testing with the army as well as with the navy so i have i have to go down to pensacola to get aeromedically tested uh, by them as well now hopefully after all this i can finally start flying again because i mean that's that's my whole job if i can't fly i can't be a pilot and what use does the army have for me I'm trying to be useful. I figure that the more useful that I can be to the army, the less likely that if this ban does get implemented by the DOD soon, the less likely that, you know, they'll want to kick me out. And there is a there is a clause into the, the original uh, ban that was written that says that anybody who is a transgender who's already in could possibly be grandfathered in meaning that you could still continue to serve. I believe the wording was as long as you continue to serve in your birth sex, which that gets a little iffy. I, I don't exactly know what that's actually going to look like overall, obviously, since it's not, it ha- it's not in place yet. But at this point, I only have another four years left on my service. And I'm just trying to make it to those those four years, get my honorable discharge, and continue on with my life. Now, if you remember last week, I talked about the new movie that just came out on iTunes that's called Transmilitary. That's the documentary of the the four soldiers that were trans are, are transgender and continued to serve during the Obama era ban and prior before before it was removed. And it tells their story of kind of how they worked up to getting the ban 
removed in the first place. And I think it's really ironic that I was talking about this movie. It's a great movie. You should watch it. And then not two days later, they come down with uh, the Supreme Court ruling on trans transgender people in the military. But the the fight goes on. Um, you know, for all fifteen thousand of us that are that are serving, our day to day life doesn't doesn't change. We continue to to go to work to serve, whether we're in a garrison unit back here in the United States, or if we're deployed, especially if we're deployed, you can't just up and quit doing your job just because a ban goes through and hurt the United States, you know, in all, in all our assets. I mean, I, I don't know exactly the number of transgender, transgender military that are deployed, but I mean, if there's 15,000 of us total, it's got to be a fair amount. I've received a lot of messages from people that want to know if they can still enlist. And so I, I'm not 100% sure on the process of enlisting, uh, since I didn't actually enlist myself. The best thing to do if you are interested in serving in the military is to and go and talk to your local recruiter. I mean, that's their whole job. The The more people they can recruit, the better. So they they will be on your side 100% trying to, trying to help you get in. And now is the time to enlist if you really want to because you got to get got to get in before any possible implementation of the ban occurs so you get grandfathered in. So the one thing that I'm most worried about is if this ban goes through then and I get discharged so now I'm out in the world doing my own thing what happens when we get a brand new president what if that ban is removed again and so we would have gone through all of that struggle and you know mental abuse basically just and discrimination to have it moved again for a second time would we be able to re uh, rejoin up i mean how many people would even want to after being treated the way they've been treated the first time and it's not like it was when the don't ask don't tell policy was was repealed and i get that it's not it's not technically the same thing i mean there's no medical costs with gay or lesbian service members. Of course, we can't forget that the study that the Rand Corporation did back in 2015-2016, the medical costs for transgender people are so small that it is less than the amount the military has to spend on Viagra for, for soldiers. So with the potential implementation of this ban, I've had to take a look at my life to figure out what I could do for work that's not in the military. I hadn't really thought that I would be needing to think about this for at least another four years uh, to 20 years, but recent events have, have caused it to come more to the forefront of my mind. 
Now for everybody who is seen the or listened to the the first two episodes, you know that being in the military was all I ever wanted to do. Um, that is all. I mean, my cousins would give me camouflage to wear, and when I got high school, I was in junior ROTC. Did really well in junior ROTC. I was the battalion commander, and then I went to VMI, and which is a military college and commissioned in the army and i've served almost four years in the army to date and i was expecting you know to have the, that last four years before i had to figure out if i wanted to continue on or if i wanted to to get out and try something new so i've had to take a look at what i'm good at and kind of figure out what i want to do and sounds kind of crazy but i come up with a couple things that might just be fun so i did some graphic design classes in high school and you know learned how to use photoshop and illustrator and some animation and stuff and i had always i always liked to watch documentaries uh at the end of a movie so you know all the behind the scenes documentaries how they made the stuff and so i think option one is going to be to try to go back to school for uh, cinematic arts and kind of focus on that artistic artistic side which i think would be cool and be, it'd be really fun to be a director and you know maybe someday i could direct my own movie about this time in in the military when when everybody was kick, getting kicked out and that's 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 one just that's just one option that i'm looking at right now so option two is i was an emt for a couple of years in college and i have been trying to get into the army's pa school which obviously is getting a little bit harder to apply for since i might not be in the army but I have done all those prerequisite classes uh, for the packet and everything so I could go back to school once again and work on getting either a master's uh, degree so I can be a PA or trying to get my medical degree. Um, the only problem with that is because I, I had to take online courses for the prerequisites and a lot of medical medical schools want you to have all uh, sit in in class classes but that's option two that's the the professional professional side go go work in a professional industry uh, serving people and i could help other transgender people and be the kind of doctor that i've always wanted to to have treat me option three is I could take my skills from the military and go join the FBI or CIA or some other government agency. Though the problem with that is how how far will this military ban extend? I don't know what the policies are for government jobs uh, concerning transgender people now. I figure because it's a uh, if I find an industry that's stateside, like like the FBI maybe it wouldn't be so exclusive 
to trans people, considering all of our medical needs could be taken care of a lot easier. Those are the, the three paths that I'm kind of looking at right now. In the, the comments of this, uh, this video, go ahead and uh, let me know which one you think I, I should I should go on and we'll just see what you guys think I should do with the remainder of my life because right now I've got honestly no clue what I what I want to do obviously going back to school is probably a path I'm gonna end up on regardless because my degree the first time around was in Arabic and after not using Arabic for four years that's kind of gone. I'm, I can't, I can say, you know, hi, my name is, and I went to school here, but other than that, uh, I, I got nothing. So that's, that's a lot of money just down the drain. I originally was gonna, gonna be in the intelligence field. I didn't know I wanted to be a pilot until right before I, I commissioned and then I got into aviation. So all the everything I had done so far to prepare myself for life and intelligence had kind of gone down the drain. So we'll start over. We'll, you know, I'm only 26 years old. Probably be if this if this ban gets implemented, be 27 by the time I would actually get discharged. Plenty of time to start my life over again and and figure out what I want to do. If anybody is listening to this podcast who is also in the military you know let, let me know what, what you're thinking about doing what uh what jobs do you want on the civilian side i mean if you're if you're planning to go and work at a starbucks you know that's fine good for you if you want to do something crazy and write a novel or travel the world and let, let me know you know let's just uh let's get an open dialogue going on kind of what everybody wants to do outside the military to stay sane right now with everything going on i've been really getting into the physical fitness aspect of my life I, i've been going to the gym i want to say probably six days a week for an hour to an hour and a half hitting the weights hard and i'm starting to see some actual changes uh in my physiology which is kind of cool because I, I was i was pretty athletic growing up you know did, did all the sports ran track but i had never been the super super fit kind of person who you could see all you know six pack eight pack and kind of with the determination i've got right now to try to hit the gym and use that time just to focus on on fitness and blocking out all the rest of the crazy things going on in the world right now. Starting to see some some results. Got got like a two pack. Bit, working on a four pack. You know, very slowly, very slowly getting rid of all all the fat that's been on my body for for all these years and getting in shape. So I I encourage anybody uh, who is distracted by the world you know to go on and, and find your own hobby or activity to really focus on and 
block out all the negativity of the world. Just focus on the positives because that's all we can really do is take each day one step at a time and focus on the positives that we have going on in our lives. And right now for me, the positives are the changes that testosterone is allowing me to bring to my life and each week and looking at the changes and every two weeks when I get that shot, the little light at the end of the tunnel for me is the one day everything will just be great. Uh, until that everything is great, I'm going to get as fit as I can. I'm going to focus on my job. I'm going to be the best soldier I can be and block out all the negativity and just keep keep on driving on. Because it's been a long time since the original ban came out from the Department of Defense by General Mattis, I'm going to read an excerpt of the policy just so everybody kind of understands what we're looking at possibly being reinstated. So here's, based on the work of the panel and the department's best military judgment, the Department of Defense concludes that there are substantial risks associated with allowing the recession and retention of individuals with a history or a diagnosis of gender dysphoria and require or have already undertaken a course of treatment to change the gender. Furthermore, the department also finds that exempting such persons from well-established mental health, physical health, and sex-based standards, which apply to all service members, including transgender service members, without gender dysphoria, could undermine readiness, disrupt unit cohesion, and impose an unreasonable burden on the military that is not conducive to military effectiveness and lethality. Therefore, in light of the panel's professional military judgment and my own professional judgment, the department should adopt the following policies. Transgender persons with a history or diagnosis of gender dysphoria are disqualified from military service, except under the following limited circumstances. 1. If they have been stable for 36 consecutive months in their biological sex prior to a session. 2. Service members diagnosed with gender dysphoria after entering into service may be retained if they do not require a change of gender and remain deployable within an applicable retention standard. And 3. Currently serving service members who have been diagnosed with gender dysphoria since the previous administration's policy took effect and prior to the effective date of this new policy may continue to serve in their preferred gender and receive medically necessary treatment for gender dysphoria. Transgender persons who require or have undergone gender transition are disqualified for military service. Transgender persons without a history or diagnosis of gender dysphoria who are otherwise qualified for service may serve like all other service members in their biological sex. It's very tricky wording here uh, with the policy. And now this is the memorandum that came out on February 22nd. So I expect we'll have a completely new policy that will be written um, that will implement the ban in the next year. That it's going to be written by the new Secretary of Defense and his department. So that's what I want to leave you guys with this week. Um, take time, do your own research, really dig into all the policies and the media and the history of everything that has happened in the last three years with transgender people and in the military.
If you like this episode of Diary of a Trans Man, please leave a comment, review, or some stars on all the broadcasting media sites. This show is on iTunes, Spotify, Google Music, and SoundCloud, as well as the host site, diaryoftm.podcast.libson.com. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Stay tuned for more thoughts from Alexander Hastings next week on Diary of a Trans Man.